When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. South Seas Healthcare, providing excellent health and well-being for Pacific people and all communities. Your home for everything rugby league. This is Running It Straight with Tony Kemp and Sam Hewitt on SENZ. Oh, that is rugby league. Uh, welcome into Running It Straight on this Wednesday, April the 12th, and we talk rugby league for the next hour with a Warriors focus, of course, and today we're doing things a little bit differently. Generally, we uh, we try and get someone out of Warriors camp, but Kempi and I sat down and said, hey, let's uh, let's open the lines today and have a chat to the fans because uh, we're six rounds into the NRL. Uh, the Warriors have had four wins and two losses, and we'd like to know uh, how you're viewing the season so far. A uh, lot of injuries, so there might be some concerns. The roster's starting to shift around a little bit players playing in different positions so give us a shout on 0800 150 811 or a text on 8833 uh, we've got Kempi sitting here who can answer all the questions and we're just going to dissect uh, the first six rounds so far but uh, yeah give us a call 0800 150 811 and to start Kempi we'll talk about as we always do the game on the weekend which of course was the Warriors and the Knights where the Warriors did go down 34 points to 24 got in a hole once again um, Andrew Webster's been talking about this for a number of weeks now the start not quite being there um, and this time round, unlike the Sharks, the Warriors just couldn't uh, come back. But they look tired, Kempe. They look fatigued after six rounds and a lot of travel and a lot of injuries. It just looks like there's a couple of tired bodies. Yeah, it was really interesting, actually. We had Andrew um, Webster on uh, Izzy and Kempe for breakfast this morning. I asked him that question. The boys are starting to look a little bit tired. And he, he, uh, he, he said that, you know, he didn't really see that happening. Um, but it was sort of evident to me when we were calling the game on Saturday night, especially around the middle of the ruck, how they were not really making first-up contact and uh, the back five of, of Newcastle, um, their wingers, their centres, their fullback were just making easy inroads through that middle of the park and, of course, starting to struggle again on the edges, which is not just the Warriors' problem at the moment. It's actually happening to a lot of the teams, uh, I guess, you know, that are struggling to, to keep points off. We, you know, if you look at the competition, Sam, we had early on low-scoring, really competitive games over the last two weeks we've had blowouts mm. and I think that's really starting to, to take effect with, with sides through injuries and fatigue and, and so forth and now that we're six rounds into the into the competition uh, for me I, could, I think we can start to see where the where the threats are coming from and what the makeup of the of the eight really start, is starting to look like So heading into the round of the weekend the Warriors were 5-1 and one, um sorry 4-1 and one, looking to go 5-1 and one. they end up being 4-2 and two. how much of a shift is that like had they won that game and they were five and one versus where they're sitting at now four and two in terms of how you're viewing the season so far. Well, just so far the season's heading in the right direction. You know, you you're going into that mid mid part of the the season, round twelve, round thirteen, where you need to be sharing at least uh, the same amount of points for those games, win win and losses. So, I think a four and two record's not too bad. Uh, they've got a really tough five weeks to come up um, with the Cowboys who are struggling. They got the Roosters, Panthers, Panthers. Um, and of course the Canterbury Bulldogs and Storm in, in that, which are teams that are really you know Storm and Storm and uh, Panthers are looking like you know one and two again, and uh, 
the Roosters are uh, there or thereabouts. And of course, with Canterbury and the Cowboys, they're both so desperate, like the Warriors, to get wins. You, you've got to put them in 50-50 positions. So I think the, the first, if you ask me about the first six weeks, you've got to take a, a, a big pass mark. But really, come halfway stage in round 12 where they get their bye, um, that game against Canterbury becomes really significant because it's really a four-point four point turnaround for them. Were there an area, was there an area on, um, on Sunday evening that you thought the Warriors had improved on through the first five rounds that they sort of went backwards on? Yeah, I did. I thought, you know, with the lack of uh, back rowers strike power, you know, we saw Jackson Ford score that try off Chancellor Kukloksex late in the second half, but up until then they weren't really threatening. I think with Curran back in the side, uh, look, I don't rate him in the in the, the, the top back rowers in the competition at the moment. I, you know, I think he's well down uh, on the contact um, stakes and, and when he's in the, in the side, the side loses a lot because I think their contact in the first up uh, instance has been very good through the six rounds but when you're starting to get players like Curran back you're losing um, Neil Corder, you're losing Barnett Tamari Martin goes all these senior players they start to get that feel and look of last year mm. uh, and it's got to be a worrying uh, trend for the Warriors you know what I mean so Newcastle ain't a, a flash attacking side 34 points is a worry so yep. 30 points the week before 34 points you know even though they won against Cronulla that's the question we asked uh, the following following that game, you know, you still let thirty points in. Well, it's two weeks in a row now. You've let thirty points in, and only two games this season where they haven't let in less than twenty points of, yeah. of the first five or six. Yeah, so so defensively, and 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 Webby said that this morning. It's a constant work on. Like you've just you start to take that contact out of the game that because that, defense is what's going to get you through to the finals. You take that contact, that first up contact and that and that fear of defenders out of the game and then it becomes more of a passive game and it becomes a big scoring game. And we know that our edges are under the pump anyway. So we don't start to, to tighten up that middle and that first contact because that's where it all comes from. Then when it gets to our edges, you've got Cossie jumping in all the time. Yes, mm. he's knocked a couple of balls down, but you come up against the likes of uh, Nathan uh, Cleary, he'll put you to sleep. Yeah, You know, Jerome Hughes, Munster, they'll put you to sleep. I went 11 Jump on the lines. Uh, they're free today, and we are keeping them open to around about 3.30. So uh, if you want to have your say on the Warriors, if you want to ask a question or just give your thoughts on uh, the weekend's game, how they've gone through six rounds, or maybe you want to chat about the Cowboys this weekend, 0800-150-811, or flick us a message on double eight double three. Kempi, how hard is it um, from a coaching perspective and for Andrew Webster, um, how hard is it to put a team together um, in the off season, and I guess throughout the preseason, formulate an idea in your mind of the players you're going to have and how you're going to play the game. To then be struck by what is a bit of an injury crisis for the Warriors at the moment with some of their key players out. How hard is it to, I guess, shift your whole mentality, game plan as a coach to 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 essentially a new team? It's a it's a prophecy, isn't it? You know, like we we spoke about that. We said injuries are going to come. Let's hope that they don't come to to the senior players, and unfortunately, you're having Tohu, Murata, you know... Um, Mitch Barnett. Mitch Barnett. He's a big player. Tamari. Yeah. You know, and we said we hope it didn't come to those blokes that, that are actually going to add to the to the team and have added to the team in the in the six rounds. You lie in bed at night, and you're going through that scenario in your head all the time, like, who do I put in? Because you know as you lose the calibre of player, the, the lesser calibre player comes in, and it affects the mix of the side. And, and this is – I was explaining to a, a mate this morning who was going, well, why was Sean Johnson so quiet on the weekend? You know what I mean? And – if you think about it, 
logically, when you've got Maratu no Kore standing next to you on that right edge defensively, and if you watch his game closely, he's a bully. All right, you don't want to go down that side because you're going to get a hiding. And when you're a halfback standing next to him, you know that if they come next to you anyway, they're trying to get away from him, but he's coming to help you. And, and Sean's defensive game has jumped to another level. The second part of it, when you take Tamari to, to Martin's speed out of it offensively and Marata's line running out of it, now they only have to concentrate on Sean. So it shuts him down offensively. Mm. And then you go to the lesser players that are falling off tackles, yep, next to Sean. And then he starts to get a little bit, oh, I'm starting to feel a little bit vulnerable here. And then he doesn't hit, have them hitting those lines consistently all the time and that speed around the back. Well, it starts to get a little bit condensed and tight for him. And it's 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 logic. You've got to have those players in your side that can continue to perform. And unfortunately for Webby, over the next five weeks, hopefully he gets players coming back into those positions and he doesn't continue to keep losing the same calibre player. Mm. Yes, um, to, uh, to Mighty Martin out for expected uh, up to eight weeks. Um, text us on double eight double three. Couple coming in here, and there's one that Steve sent in, which I was going to ask you about. Kempi, he says, "Hi guys, the reality is the Warriors are not a top eight side. They still have to play the Storm, Roosters, Raiders, Panthers, Rabbits, Eels, Dolphins, Broncos. So will not be this will not be the year." That's from Steve. I wanted to ask you, Kempi, if you still think the Warriors are a top eight side. Look, I think I've said that I wouldn't make a call until round between round six and round eight. I've seen enough to say that with the competition this year, now let's go through the competition, let's go through the ladder at the moment. Between one and one and ten, you're separated by three points. You know what I mean? Through ten to fifteen, you're separated by another two points. I think the competition is like that this year. Are they a top eight side? I think if they can keep the players on the football field, they can sneak into the eight. But they can't go and win the game against Cronulla and then go and lose a winnable game against Newcastle. Yeah, and we actually talked about that, didn't we? We said on the weekend before the game that the, those games are the ones that they actually, they're almost as important as upsetting a big team because, you know, you come up against Penrith, you come up against the Broncos, I guess in a way you're not expected to beat them, but you come against a team like Knights and you think to yourself, that's two points right there. So, yes, it's great to have those big wins over teams like the Sharks, but you've got to back it up with, with a win against the Knights. Um, James from Rotorua sent in an interesting one here. says, uh, Kempi, what's your thoughts on the milking of penalties, especially around calling out head contact and throwing your hands up to convince the rest? I'm all for the genuine ones, but it seems like wrestling classes could be replaced with acting classes in the future. That's from James in Rotorua. Well, it is starting to look a little bit right rugby, you know, because you get, you get players going down and it stops the game, and I don't like that. So, I don't like how it stops the football. I don't um, condone that or suggest in any way that there isn't an injury going on. But an easy way to fix it, take them off. Yeah, if you, so as soon, yeah. as you, soon as you go down, you hold your neck, well, you've got to be replaced. Yeah. So send them off. Use it, Start using up the subs mm. and, and using up the HIA as it's meant to be used as opposed to waiting for the, the third eye, which is the bunker, to come down and say, no, you need to look at that. Okay, I'm going to look at that. Oh, yes, I've had a look at that. And then two minutes has passed and they've milked a penalty. That's mm. what... Um, the text is talking about. Look, I think the easiest way to fix it is put them on a stretcher, send them off. Yeah, that's fair. I don't, I don't mind that at all. What about the obstruction rule? Because um, there were a couple of calls actually across the weekend. There was one in the Warriors game as well, where um, you know it, it's minimal contact. You know, you're trying to a guy is trying to you know run a run a dummy line, or he may, there was the one where um, the Knights the player passed pass the ball. Yep. And he was just finishing his run as he passed the ball and he somehow got in the way. Does the NRL have it right in trying to make it black and white? No, but they're far from it. That, look, it is such a... But, aren't you, but, but if it's not black and white, then couldn't it be more contentious? Because then you, you are being inconsistent. Well, it, 
you know, this is a part of rugby league that I find robotic. So every coach, when they're trying to coach a, a lead runner and a sweet runner, like it's like you've got 17 robot coaches teaching the same thing, and it's which spine can pull off the best passes and which lead runners can stop before they go through a defensive line. Mm. The one on Lachlan Miller, like what does Lachlan Miller do if the ball is thrown to him? Like he catches it and Sean tackles him. Yeah. But because he's in a support line, Sean can't get past him. But he's he's actually in a support line to catch the football. Yeah. And because he can't get to him and the ball goes across him, yeah. then it's oh you got in the way and you can't make the tackle. So I think that one is in black and white. They can never get that one right. Mm. But they need to make a call on like some sometimes it's common sense. Sometimes they just can't like they want a chance to look a clock stead. Know what I mean? When they call called that back. Like that's a try. There's no way in the world that defender was going to get to him anyway. And I think logic has to, has to come down and a, and a call has to be made by the people that are doing it and put a footballer in there to make the, the call. Yeah, I agree with or that. Or an ex-coach, you know, a first-grade coach and say, well, I know he wasn't going to get there. Defensively, it was a poor read. That's actually a try. Another one that uh, someone's texted in here just before we do get to the break, uh, hip drop or no hip drop on Tamari Martin because you look at the tech, the one on near quarter last week, which was it was actually a sin bin. Then you look at this one this week with Phoenix Crossland where a guy's broken his fibula and there's absolutely no repercussions for that. I mean, I know, I know in the general sense of the of how we see it, it's not a hip drop, but surely for consistency, it's no different than what happened the week before. Well, they need to make a really clear ruling on keeping your feet when you're tackling. So you've got to stay on your feet. So you, no more falling, giving your, they call it giving your legs up. Yeah. Now, if a player goes through you, for instance, and you let's talk about, and here's a really clear example of this happening and you're not even getting your hands to him. Adam Pompey on, on best. Now, in that, in that contact... Best couldn't even get his hands to him. And what I'm trying to make a point here, his feet were that good that he got him past him. Mm. Now, everyone's feet in the competition is that good that they go past you. So what do you do? Like, you're not going to keep your feet anyway. If At best, you're going to grab him and hold him and you're falling down anyway. So when they say it's a hip drop, a player doesn't um, purposely fall backwards on someone's right. legs. They've got to make the tackle. Yeah. What the ruling has to be is if you give your tackle up, we're going to penalise you. If you give your legs up, so you can't not use your legs to drive and tackle. Yeah, but mate, it's too it's too hard. So so but but that tackle onto Mighty Martin. That's not a hip drop. No, he went he went past Just unlucky. he went past Crossland. Yeah, so Crossland he went he caught a ball on an overs line and was showing and going and went had one on one with Crossland and went past him. Crossland would just got to him and was falling mm. down behind him. Mm. And unfortunately, when you're falling down behind someone, the ankles are in front in front of you and you're falling on top of those ankles. You know what I mean? So it's not as if he went literally. I'm gonna. I'm going to fall down and break this guy's ankle. It's like, I'm going to stretch out as hard as I can because he's just about to score the levelling try and make the tackle. Mm. And unfortunately, your ankle gets stuck in that that spot. And the tackle of Violeta on Dominic Young? <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> the, the, the reverse judo. <laughs> yeah. Now, look, there's... I just think... I think we've, we've got, we could have... Tackle technique and conversations well, about that, that one's that was as its own. It's in its own field. That, that one. That's, that's, exa- <laughs> that's exactly right. You know, he, like, he's taken too much from Kai Cutter France. I think he, he, <laughs> he has. But but the the point on that talking about wrestling and Kai Cutter France has got some huge accolades at um at the beginning of the year. They are not winning the wrestle at the ruck at the moment. Mm, well, certainly not in that game against the Knights. Um, play the ball speed for the Knights was much quicker than what the Warriors have given up in recent weeks. Um, we've got the Cowboys this weekend. What we're going to do is take a short break. When we come back, we might. 
have a look at the team lists, uh, the squad that uh, Andrew Webster has named, assess that. But uh, would love your calls, 0800 150 11, your chance to get aboard the conversation this afternoon on Running It Straight. We don't do it every week. Um, you can keep your texts coming in on double eight double three though as well. Running It Straight here on ECNZ, thanks to South Seas Healthcare, Auckland's largest Pacific wellbeing service provider. Back in a moment. Welcome back into Running It Straight. You can give us a call 0800 150 if you want to talk some Warriors with us. Cowboys this Saturday, 5 o'clock is the kickoff live commentary here on SENZ. We do have build-up from 3pm as well. Um, hopefully a good afternoon as well out at Mount Smart. Um, the Warriors team that's been named by Coach Andrew Webster yesterday at fullback, Charles Nicol Klustar, the two wingers, Ed Cossey, Marcelo Montoya, the centres, Viliami Vailia and Pompey. So unchanged from the game against the Knights there. Then in the halves, he's put Dylan Walker in the number six jersey, of course, Tamari Martin is out. Perhaps doesn't uh, trust Ronald Volkman uh, in the six jersey after his showing against the Sharks. So Dylan Walker um, slots into the number six role alongside Sean Johnson. Uh, the front row, Adam Fanua Blake, Bunty Afo, Freddie Lussett comes in for the injured Wade Egan. He's got a head knock, HIA standout. Then the second row is Jackson Ford, Bailey Surin, and, and Toru Harris has been named, hopefully. He starts on Saturday. The interchange, Tane to Opiki, Josh Curran, Jazz Tevana and Tom Ale Kempe, uh, there's a lot of questions I want to ask you about the side, but just at first glance, the 17 that uh, Andrew Webster's name? Yeah, look, I don't think it would be the 17 that start. I actually think, uh, you know, Tohu's probably still struggling a little bit. Uh, Dylan, Walk- Dylan Walker, where does that energy come from off the bench? Dylan Watini Zelezniak scoring four tries in the, the New South Wales uh, game last week. Uh, I think we'll definitely get a spot on the bench. Um, so there may be a few changes. Interesting around the back row, no Josh Curran in there um, to start. He was actually named on the bench last week and started in front of Bailey Surinan, but whether or not he does it again this week, I think that there's still a bit of a mix to happen between now and uh, Saturday afternoon. So Dalmatini's Lesniak's the interesting one, and that's one that a lot of people are talking about because he was one of our best players in 2022. Everyone knows what he brings to the table. He was only Kiwi, uh, sorry, only Warrior named in the Kiwis team last year as well. Uh, Ed Cossey, who at times struggled last season, he's had a good start to 2022, uh, 2023. So how do you see the dynamic playing out with with Dallin? Does does he get a place back in the first team squad? Is he better than a better option than Montoya or Cossey on the wings? Oh, look, I think. The outside backs, a number of them are on um, sort of their final last warnings. final warning, you know what I mean, as far as the way that they've been playing. Uh, you know, they've been carried a lot around the game by other players. They're not making, you know, this this game last week was won by the back five of Newcastle. That they didn't replicate the same type of type of game for them. If you look at the, the con- in the context of uh, completions, they basically were identical in the game. I think they had one more set Newcastle than the Warriors did, but what they did with the football, what we did with the football was totally different. And, uh, you know, Dallin, Dallin being back in the side, I think his energy is needed back in the team. You know what I mean? So you have, have Montoya that lifts that energy up. Ed Cossey's not going too bad. Whether or not, see, the thing with Dallin, he can play across a number of positions. Yeah. And, you know, does he, does he move the likes of um, Dylan Walker back to the bench, move Chance up and put Dallin at fullback? You know, that's something that could possibly yep. happen for Saturday. Or some people were talking about having Marcelo Montoya go into the centres and Dallin on the wing, given that the centres are struggling defensively. 100%. Um, yeah, so there's a few, a few um, so I guess, contentious uh, positions up for grabs ahead of Saturday. What about um, Dylan Walker starting in the 5 And more more so about not, not losing the impact off the bench, but just him playing in the number 6 jersey. Ronald Volkman, who 
Webster Borden to the side last week against the Sharks, and we talked about clearly struggling. Uh, we, we thought that he had been pulled. Andrew Webster basically said, no, it was a matter of keeping the interchange rolling. It was to do with that more than him getting pulled off for a bad performance. But to me, this signals that he doesn't quite trust Ronald Volkman to come back into that number six jersey. So is that the right call? Is Dylan Walker going into that six role the right call, or should we, or should we be giving Volkman another chance? No, look, I think it's the right call. I, I think um, if he does start there, you know, the the question should be like, where's the energy coming off the bench? Because he's made a significant difference on that first interchange for the Warriors and basically has, in those first four four games made it the, at that, that much of a difference that they went on and, and either fought back and won the game um, because of the efforts that he's been putting on in the middle of the park. So he's not going to be doing that, you know, playing a sweeping role at the back on that left, left edge. So I'm not really too sure that that's going to be the, the final starting spot for Dylan Walker. And on Volkman, mate, when you've got you know a couple of replacements coming back, you've got uh, uh, Tuolagi coming back and, and Jeremiah Nanai coming back for uh, North Queensland. You put them in the big in alongside the big bodies of Tomalolo uh, and and the likes, you know, Cohen, uh, Hess, Ruben Cotter, like they'd just target him. They'd target young Volkman and, and like they did in that game here where they got away with it. You know, you just you can't continually chase games all the time because of a, a person's frailties in defence. We'll talk about the Cowboys very shortly. The last one I did want to bring up was uh, Bunty Afoa, who's also been, uh, I guess, questioned by uh, Warriors fans and, and members on different forums, etc., for his lack of a t- uh, of attacking work rates. So I think last week he had uh, 33 run metres of, of, across the 30 minutes that he was on the field for his first stint. Now, you talked to Andrew Webster this morning. You asked that question. You put that question to him. Were you, were you happy with the answer? Is it, is it a valid response, or do you think Bunty maybe is struggling a little bit? Well, there is some truth in it. In the in the fact that you know you, when your sets are, are spread out, you might be on for a little while without touching the football. But when you've played thirty minutes of football, you're expecting a lot more than you know thirty minutes for thirty three meters if you're playing in the middle of the park. Mm. Um, so, I think it was a bit of a you know I'm looking after my players here and and giving him the benefit of the doubt. Um, but you can't have players like that. That, that aren't turning up and and you're struggling through the middle of the park anyway you mm-hmm. know if you're not if you're if you're not because here's the here's the um, devil's advocate playing on this one well if you're not running for 33 meters then what are you doing defensively mm. so you well, haven't that- got the football so he hasn't got the football okay so we take that as an answer well your middle got tailed up Hmm. So what? What if you've got plenty of energy? What are you doing defensively while well, you're, well, you're on for that thirty minutes? Well, that's probably going to be my my question is whether or not Bunty is doing enough defensively. I, I personally feel like he has been over the last few weeks. Maybe not on on the weekend against the Knights, and I think that might have been symptomatic of the rest of the team. But um, I, I think it's a good point. Um, just quickly before we get to the news, run through the Cowboys team. So starting at fullback, Scott Creekwater, who came back in uh, over the weekend against the Dolphins. Kyle Felt, Marty Tuolangi on the wings, then Valentine Holmes, Peter Hickel in the centres, Tommy Dead and Chad Townsend in the halves. Then they got Mitch Dunn, Reese Rob. Robson, Ruben Cotter in the front row, Cohen Hest, Jeremiah Nanai in the second row, Jason Tomalolo uh, is the lock. On the interchange, Jake Granfield, Tom, Tom Chester, Jermaine Tanoa Brown, Riley Price. Unfortunately for the Warriors, that's basically a full-strength Cowboys team, or near to. Well, desperate too. You know, like and desperate. Desperate, yep. desperate to get some points and coming back here with the Warriors side that are struggling through injury, especially to some of their senior players. So the fear factor won't be, uh, you know, rolling through that, that uh, North Queensland side Heading here to Auckland, so, uh, look, I think it's going to be a great game. I think you've got two teams, uh, the night, uh, the Warriors especially know how desperate they need these two points uh, going into the next three games after that. And of course, the Cowboys got to get the they got to get their their ship back 
back in the and heading in the right direction because well, I I'd never pick them at no, the, this, this end of the table. They've got to be one of the surprise teams of 2023 because it is essentially the same team from last year. Todd Payton won Coach of the Year, so very surprising to see where they're at. I guess the argument you can make with teams like the Eels is that they lost a lot of guys. You know, there's a lot of change in that club, but um, for the Cowboys, it was pretty much the same. Um, We'll talk about uh, the game specifically after news, sport and weather, which is coming up shortly. You can still call us. We'll, uh, we'll keep the lines open for another 10 or so minutes. So 0800 150 There's a couple of texts coming through as well on 8833. So uh, you can send in your questions or your thoughts on there. Listening to Running It Straight here on ECNZ. Thanks to South Seas Healthcare, Auckland's largest Pacific wellbeing service provider. Back after news. Running it straight, we're about 27 minutes away from 4 o'clock and we're talking Warriors-Cowboys this Saturday at Mount Smart. It is a 5pm kickoff, and the TAB have it at dead evens. Kempi, $1.87, $1.87 for each team. So, uh, yeah, can't split them at the moment. Uh, So when you think the game's won and lost this weekend, Kempi, I know we always talk about the middle. That's basically where we start. But um, I look at that Cowboys team and so many threats, particularly out wide uh, and on their edges. From what you've seen... From them over the last couple of weeks, what you've seen in Warriors, where do you think uh, it's going to be decided on Saturday? Yeah, look, I think I think the edges are going to have to come up with some really big plays this weekend. Once once this battle in the middle um, sort of sorts itself out, they're going to, you know, you look, you look at the edges, Valentine Holmes, Peter Huku, two of the best centres in the competition. They've got two of the best finishers on the on the wings for them with a current Australian player and a current state of origin uh, winger and, and also you've got a, a decent fullback in, in drink water. Um, so I think their edges are going to start playing a little bit of havoc through that middle of the park and our, our defence really needs to be up on it. Um, I can't split it, to be honest, Sam. I think, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks, the game at home, last game, the the kicking game of Sean uh, really kept them in the game. You look this, you look at the week against Cronulla, like if it wasn't for a 60-metre kicking game, they were struggling again in the middle, getting out of their own half, and Sean's kicking game kept them back in it. Mm. So I'm going to go to the kicking game again at home. You know, already 19,000 tickets have been sold. They'll have a decent walk-up. We're talking 22, 23,000 people. Yeah, it's close, to, to, close come, to full. Close to full, coming to watch. Um, and home, home ground advantage could possibly be the difference here. They have lost a lot of seniority. Like, I'm not afraid of the, the edges, you know what I mean? I think when teams look at them, if they're looking at Manatanua Kore and Mitch Barnett out there as opposed to what they've got with Jackson Ford and, and Bailey Surinan, um, you're not really packing yourself. Yeah. And then you also look at what's what's going on through the middle of the pitch and the contact. I actually think the, that the Warriors game against the Cowboys when they travelled up there this year was their best game in the middle of the park. Mm. So they rolled through the middle. Some of those sets were were fantastic where they ro- rolled through it and got to the end of their sets. And, of course, they did a number up there, which is, is a pretty hard thing to do in, against the Cowboys. Up in Townsville, yeah. I, I think the thing that um, hurts the most, Kempi, is that you think about how this team would be tracking if they had Barnett near quarter Harris hadn't tour who hadn't been injured for the last few weeks because you know obviously good win against the Sharks they were competing against the Knights considering all those players out they lose by ten points like yes they lost but I, I just feel like I just seen a stat as well that with Tohu Harris this year the Warriors have averaged fourteen point five um, points a game against but with without him thirty points so you know even just one player there making a massive difference in well, the middle. Well, it's the same as the Roosters, isn't it? No Tedesco yeah. and they and they fall apart defensively because mm. you haven't got a leader. You know you're talking about leadership. You haven't got a leader in there bringing everyone together and. And keeping them on the straight and narrow, you mm-hmm. know, you, you start to uh, gives piggybacks every every set, getting out of your half, and on the back of which is really a disappointing stat for them. On the back of every piggyback that they gave, they gave up points, and 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 that becomes a trend. And then all of a sudden, when you're doing your analysis, coaches are going, "If we get a piggyback out, here's where we're going." 
You know what I mean? They're yeah. struggling. They're struggling with this play, and they'll show it two or three times, and then all of a sudden it becomes consistent, and your defensive line starts to starts to worry and starts to panic. Oh. Um, so it's a it, it is a uh, a bit of a worrying trend that you haven't got the senior players here, but. Mate, that's, unfortunately, that's the that's, NRL. Uh, correct, yeah, that's that's sport. That's the NRL. Um, Shane sticks in here. What about James Gavay? He's playing New South Wales Cup at the moment and doing well. A little bit older, too, at 32. Might add a bit of experience to the side. Well, I think one of the reasons why they pulled J- James back into the into the New South Wales squad is because of that experience. So whether or not he's fit enough, look, at the game against Canterbury, I didn't think he was, he was up to, to uh, NRL scratch play at the moment. So... You know, to have someone come on, here's the problem you got. So they come home, they get one training session, and then they get a captain's run, and then you got players that are starting to fatigue a little bit. So do you add a, a player that's not ready on the bench, mm. or do you add someone that can actually add some some energy, like a Dallin, you know, because Dallin can probably, you talked to um, Dylan Walker last week about the role that he played when he came off the bench for Desi. You could possibly say the same thing about Dallin. You know, like I want you to go into the middle of the park and I want you to hold it together for 10, 15 minutes. Carry the football with that energy and we'll and we'll replace you so we can get that middle back going again. And I think that interchange at the moment has been stuffed up because of injuries and it does play a big part in the outcome of the game a- t- towards the back end. Absolutely, the interchange this year more than ever I think for the Warriors has been uh, has been a massive difference for them. Um, got some calls coming in on 0800 You can jump aboard if you want to as well. We'll start with Domo in Auckland. G'day Domo. Hey, g'day, guys. Mate, I'm going to just uh, put it out there for the young guns out wide, you know. Uh, um, they've got to keep playing, eh? Dylan's going to get his chance. It, it's going to come. We're going to get an injury there. Stick stick with uh, what we've got. Build their cohesion, build their confidence, and uh, they'll come right. I, I tell you what, mate, they're going to unleash one of these days, and it might be this weekend, and uh, really upset their card and... Um, and guys will wake up and see 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 the uh, benefit in, in giving these guys game time and, and, and what have you. And it's kind of little Ronnie, eh? The only way he's going to develop is if he gets game time. You can protect him on the D-line, eh? You know, uh, you, you can. But he's if he's, if he's good enough, he's old enough. And, yeah. yeah. I hear what you're saying, Kempe. You know, they're going to run at him all day. They're going to run at him all day. But you, you protect him, eh? And this is where Bunce is uh, crucial, you know, uh, yeah. early on especially, you know. But, yeah. um, hey, let's see, man. But you've got to, you've got to just uh, keep keep on going. You know, we're going to get more attrition, and and guys are going to get, you know, Dylan. I, I love what um, um, what Webby said there the other day. He's just all what's best for the team, and he's mate. He's going to play a huge part. Uh, you know, down the line, man. Funny, cause we've got 20 games to go. You know, 19, and mm. hopefully a few more. But um, that's the yeah, that's the yeah, competition, ain't yeah, eh, Domo? My two cents, guys. Yeah, no, thanks, Domo. That's a, that's the question, and it like. You've got 30 points in the last two weeks come through. Like, are you going to be happy if another 30 points gets leaked this weekend? Mm. Yeah, and I take his point as well about protecting a, a man in the middle and, and perhaps those middle forwards not being up to the up to it at the moment. I appreciate your call, Domo. Uh, let's go down to Donald in Christchurch. Okay, Donald. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Very well. I just need to wake up and smell the coffee. It's going to be another year like last year and the year before and the year before. Yeah, okay, we started off well. We got a few good wins at the beginning, but how many how many games did we win last year? Well, not enough to make Five, the eight. I think not enough to make the eight. Uh, Donald, what do you what do you think is the problem, Donald? With the you know, four and two at the moment, but yeah, can you see further issues coming? We don't have the cattle. 
we didn't have the big hard men like in the old days. Uh, Steve Price when he was playing. I'm not really a, a league man. I'm normally Crusaders, but um, it's, it's just another year like um, the last year, and the year before, and the year before. Yeah, well, look, for some fans, it feels a little bit like that, Kempi. I think depth-wise, the Warriors really are going to be tested this year because uh, he talked about not having guys like Steve Price. I think when you throw in Barnett and Nia Corey, you get those hard men. Um, and, you know, we talked about comparing some of these players to guys like Campo uh, just a couple of weeks ago when they were playing. So um, I think, can they stay healthy? If they can, I'd, I'd give them a red-hot chance to, to make the eight if... You know, it continues on this trend and all of a sudden we're dipping into New South Wales Cup and we're not sort of, you know, having the experience that we want then by all, by all stretches yeah. it's going to be a struggle to make that top eight. Yeah, it's not like last but year. It's not like last year. And, no. and, and the other thing is you only have to look at some other teams who are going through something similar, right? The Tigers are going through a very similar phase to the Warriors. New coach coming in, they've tried to sign a bunch of players to rev up the side and, and in a lot of ways they're the polar opposites. I mean, the Warriors are nowhere near... Uh, how the Tigers are in terms of their struggles and what's going on. And at they'll spew and they let Andrew Webster go, the Tigers, you yeah. know what I mean? Because he was there, he did. He was coaching the even junior the bu- side. Even the Bulldogs, you know? And that's where to, that's where Tamari Martin came from. So, look, I, it isn't like last year. It's un, it's unfortunate that we've lost, you know, four of our top um, players and, and seniority that actually can hold the game together. Uh, and I think you've got to be really conscious that this competition is that tight this year that when you're losing three or four players to your team, it actually throws you down the bottom of that 15. It isn't a top eight at the moment, it's a top 15. Yeah. And and weekly, you can jump in and out of that eight. So the run that the Warriors have been on, the four and one, if it went to five and one, they sit on 10 as opposed to eight, it just changes the landscape of, of where your competition and of course the, the feeling within in camp. When we get back in round 12 on the bye week, that's when the conversation is like, how are they going? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you'll you'll then know nearly halfway through the season, coming into Orange, um, uh, into Origin, Origin, whether or not they can hold hold on to it going into the back end of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, double eight, double three, couple of texts that have come in. Uh, someone says, how far away is Metcalf? Surely he flots, uh, slots in for Tamari Martin. Metcalf uh, went up to the United States, like a lot of them do, to um, to get rehab done on his hamstring. Still indefinite, though, as I understand. Kimby, another, so still, f- another four weeks. Another four weeks. There you go. Uh, Ken says, Sam and Kippy, not Warriors talk, but do you guys got any info on Des Hazler taking over the Dragons within the next few weeks? So, well, tell you what, Des Griffin's, be, Griffin's under pressure, so 100%, 100% makes sense. Des be right in the, in the mix of uh, coaches for any club that we're looking for, a bloke that's um, been around since two, I don't know, 2005, he got his first crack, Des? Yep. Uh, two, 2004, 2005. So, um, yeah, look, St. George, mate, there's a couple of teams that are that are under pressure at the moment. And Rory said, just learned Kikau was out for eight to ten weeks after a training injury, which is frustrating because once they have Kikau and Pangai on the field, I feel the dogs are a good chance of making the eight. They're having no luck with injuries. They're, they're very similar to the Warriors, actually, at this stage, Kempe. They are. Um, and going down heavily to the Rabbitohs uh, in round six. So we'll take a short break here on uh, running it straight. When we come back, we might have a look at some of the other games on this round. There are some brilliant fixtures starting tomorrow night, of course. Uh, I think it is the Dolphins and... My mind's had a blank, Kimby. Yep. Dolphins Rabbitohs tomorrow night. Um, so that's going to be interesting. We'll talk about all of that coming up after the break. Yeah, running it straight. Thanks to South Seas Healthcare. And we'll have a little look at some of the 
other NRL games on this weekend, starting tomorrow night. Round 7 kicks off with the Dolphins and the Rabbitohs from Suncorp Stadium up in Brisbane. The Dolphins just keep surprising everyone, Kempe, and I've been waiting for the wheels to fall off. They haven't fallen off so far. Um, and they've got a couple of uh, ins back this week as well with uh, Jesse Bromwich back into the side, the captain, of course. Uh, going up against the Rabbitohs, who, of course flew high against the uh, Bulldogs last week and showed us just how powerful that Rabbitohs attack can be when it fires. So uh, it's a bit of a blockbuster tomorrow night at Suncourt. Yeah, and I think, you know, with the, the Red Cliff crowd filling it out, uh, they're still going to compete, the Dolphins, but I just think that the Rabbitohs clicked last week and we'll get a couple of good weeks from them uh, in and around what their offence looks like. They're the best in the comp when they do click, and yeah. uh, I'm expecting them to put some points on tomorrow. Can you give me a prediction? I reckon they'll... I don't reckon it'll be like a 20, 30 point game, but I, I think they'll still get them uh, 11 plus. Sure. Okay. Um, the other game that is interesting me very much is on Friday night at 8 o'clock New Zealand time. And that's the Sharks Roosters from Points Bet Stadium in Sydney. The Roosters, I'm not going to say it's a um, sort of inflated position on the ladder, but they do have two points from the, I guess both of them have two points from the bye, but the Roosters are in the eight at the moment, given they've got those two free points. So 11th. The Sharks play the seventh uh, place Roosters. The Sharks are coming fresh off the bye, um, and they welcome in a bunch of players as well who have come off uh, injury or suspension. So Connor Tracy, uh, Oregon Kafusi, Wade Graham come back into the side. They don't have Dale Finucane. They don't have Toby Rudolph as well. Kempe, uh, what are you? Where are you leaning for this one? Well, I'm actually. This is probably the game of the of the round. I reckon Cronulla the Roosters. It's um. It's played at the Shire. I, oh, look. James Tedesco being back in fullback for Sydney City, I think, is a massive difference. And the way that their forward pack is um, starting to get a, a a little bit of size about it and, you know, some seniority players. As, as long as Victor Radley and Jared Roy Hargraves don't get sinbinned or give away too many penalties, I think the Roosters might steal it. The Sharks showed um, us against the Warriors just what they are capable of in that first 20 minutes. They need to just sort out really staying in it for 80 minutes. But that, to me, is like the Rabbitohs. When they fire properly, the Sharks, I think, have one of the best attacks in the comp. And, of course, Nico Hines leads the charge. So what's what was your prediction on this at Roosters? Oh, yeah, look, I'm, I'm only because James Tedesco back. So I'm taking them in a close one. I think actually, I think I read somewhere that Tedesco's undefeated against the Sharks, playing right? for the Roosters. There yeah, you go. playing for the Roosters. Take, so take the odds. Uh, the other game I did want to talk to you about just before we take the break, and we'll wrap up with the the last remaining games. Uh, Seagull Storm, uh, Four Pines Park in Sydney on Friday night. The well, they Seagulls. can't tackle, mate. Yeah, seriously, the <laughs> Sea Eagles. Seriously, defensively, it's the, yeah. whoever their defensive coach. They must have had last year's Warriors defensive coach because. They've inherited the can't-tackle technique. Mm -hmm. Um, I watched that game last week, and I was astounded at how easy uh, points were being scored against them. They can score plenty. Don't worry about that. Trebojevic is all over the place, and and the Daily Cherry Evans with the chip kicks and all that sort of stuff. But if you can't tackle, and especially against Melbourne, here's a a difference between Melbourne and Penrith. They can score points, but they can stop you scoring points. Correct, and uh, you're right. I think that the Seagulls... um, they're not a team. They're a team that tries to just outscore. I know that sounds silly because that's the game of rugby league. They're going to have to score they, sixty. That's what I mean. It's like they're trying to they're trying to score high rather than keep the other team scoring low. Uh, Cam Munster starting at fullback as well for the Storm, which uh, I think he's ten from twelve when starting at fullback. So uh, you're picking Storm that one in a canter. Oh, uh, look, I think thirteen plus. Yeah, 
I just <laughs> seriously, I've, I've watched a couple of games and watched the replays this week um, again, and some of the like the key, Keystone Cops, West Tigers, and Parramatta. Honestly, it was like watching a comedy. <laughs> it, it, like there, was, yeah, no, there were passes and balls dropped and yep. handing it straight back. And like, what about the dropout right when the when the West Tigers have got them on the rack? Yeah, and they and they drop it. Clint drops it out, and the fullback drops it over the sideline. Yeah. Well, mate, you think being a Warriors fan is tough at times. Those three teams you just mentioned, it must be pretty frustrating. Ah, we'll take one last break here on Running It Straight, and we'll uh, we'll wrap after that. Story on Fox League about Ben Hunt um, warning about his future should uh, Anthony Griffin be dropped as coach, basically saying, I'll basically go with him because I don't want to plander a new coach again. So that's going to be a very interesting development moving forward. Kempi, just the other games quickly over the weekend. Knights, Panthers? Panthers. Easy? Easy. Titans, Broncos? Uh, battle of the... The, the Beaches. Oh, I'm going to go Broncos. Raiders, Dragons? Ooh, Raiders. And Eels, Bulldogs on Sunday, 6.05. Uh, it's a good one. I know, and it's a local derby. Um, I'm going to go Eels. And finally, Tigers v the bye. Uh, I'm going to go the bye. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, running it straight done for another Wednesday. Uh, we are back on Saturday uh, giving you the call, build up from 3pm, kick off at 5pm from Mount Smart Stadium. It's going to be a very good game. Get down there if you can, buy some tickets. Coming up after this, it is Kids the run home. Kids are free. There you go. Coming up after this, it's the run home with Steve McIver and Angus Ta'avo. Back next Wednesday.